I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome to Cafecito, the podcast where we talk all things culture over some cafecito. I'm Yvette Cruz. And I'm Shuel Caranas. Thanks for joining us. This episode is all about the downside of the generation that is most beloved by some and also most despised also by some. Uh, we're talking millennials, which some may call generation screwed. Ooh. So I'll start with this, Shoal. Um, a recent study, or a new report, I should say, shows 66% of millennials have nothing saved for retirement. Eesh. Now, that's no surprise, apparently. Uh, according to a CNN Money story, it says that after paying bills, rent, and making student loan payment, there's um, often not much left over each month for young people, many of whom enter the workforce at a time of stagnant wages and high unemployment. So I want to kick this conversation off by asking you just yes or no. <laughs> Do you have anything saved for retirement as a millennial? No, I you can, don't. I could say that I have I have my savings account, uh-huh. but I don't have a third account. So Do I have you have my a check- 401k? Yes. Oh, well, then. Well, yeah, well, let's have. Oh, you mean a part. Okay. No, a part. no. I wondered that too, but the study does say that. Oh, 401k, then yes. Yes. yes so you do have something saved have something for saved, retirement. But okay. as far as a separate account, like, uh-huh. and my bank, I only have two. I only have the checking and I don't have a sec- and the savings. I know it's recommended. And last year, I went to our, our company is kind enough that we have free services to financial advisors. And so I went to one last year and based off, they do the mathematics and based off everything, the guy said that I'm in a pretty good position to start saving money for retirement. Apart from? Apart from paying bills oh, okay. and things like that. Okay. Um, no, but apart from your 401k, yes. this person said? Okay. Yes, because just because of the income, but also my student loans, because of the fact that I went to a smaller school, my student loans are not that much. So I'm not, thankfully, that much in, in, in debt when it comes to student loans. So especially now within these next nine months, I'm going to be able to save more because the student loans are going to go away. But have I started on that? No, I should have done that. I think this was July of last year that I went and talked with this with this person and I did not do it. I'm just keeping everything, all the savings are going to the savings. Should I open up a, a third one? Yeah, probably. But for now, because that savings account is sometimes that rainy day emergency or recently it's been the moving account as well. It's been helping me with some things with getting things set up for my move. Uh, but no, I haven't really focused on it. I think maybe it's maybe I'm one of those people that just thinks, well, I'll have time when I do that when I'm later, you know, later when I'm 40 or I'll, I'll start saving there, <laughs> which is not how it should be. Because no. I've read early reports saying that if you save, what is it, 20 bucks or 25 bucks when you're 25, by the time you retire, you'll have like a million dollars in the bank plus oh. that. I, mean, I don't know if you've heard of those before. I, I've heard of things similar to that. Yeah. But let me ask a question. And I hope it's not too invasive, but... A lot of the th- the reports that we see or a lot of the stories that we've read about millennials talk about how millennials are just basically so screwed that they have no money left over 
from their uh, check every week or every other week whenever you get paid. They have right. no money left over because it all goes to um, the bills and student loans and just making a like you know a life. Right. And it's not so much because you yes, have millennials are um, teased about avocado toast and things like that. How we're spending <laughs> frivolously on things that we don't need our to be spending on. Our you know? Right. But that's not the case. And some in some stories that we've seen in some articles, it's talking. They, I should say they talk about how millennials just have no money because of the way things are now do you find yourself in a situation where you have your your money goes to what it needs to go to rent and things like that and then after that you have no money to put into a retirement saving or a retirement account or it's just you just haven't done it because you don't you haven't done it that money goes to other things yeah i just i just haven't done it has this always been the case where i've had a little bit of money left that i can either play around with it or save it things like that no it's not always been the case like this this has just been recently i think i've mentioned in a previous episode before that i used to freelance for five years and those were some really rough times i Mm -hmm. I didn't save anything and i could tell you this i i'm you know me. I'm an open book. I, I don't mind telling people about things about myself or about my experiences. So when I went to Yahoo, um, Yahoo was paying. This was back in 2014. They were paying pretty well, and it was not bad. And I had roommates, and it was still expensive. Was this but, freelancing? Yes. Okay. It was freelancing, but then it became sort of this. Oh, regular. Case? Yeah. Okay. But it was it was pretty good, and the pay wasn't bad. I had roommates, so the rent wasn't too much. So I saved up a good amount of money okay. on that. But once that ended, I came back here to Utah, and pretty much all of that went gone. And that how was long? a lot. That was. I'll just put. I'll just say this. That was easily more than seven thousand dollars. And how long did it take for it to disappear because of it, necessities? It, it took about nine months. Okay. Because of paying my car, because of paying rent, because of paying. My student loans, because of paying everything else, it just it it went away. I had a little bit left by the time I I got a another gig, um, and yeah, it's it's rough. And then even before then, before the Yahoo uh, experience, when I was freelancing, there was a lot. Of, there were a lot of times where yeah, I couldn't save anything and I didn't have anything left over. I've had those overdrafts where you see it's negative. 30 bucks or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, and I know that happens to a lot of millennials mm-hmm. uh, today. I know they see that and it, it is rough. It, it's tough, but even, I want to turn this down to you. Have you, let me, I'll ask you the question that you asked me to start off with. Have you saved something for retirement? In the terms of a 401k, yes. Right. Yes, I have a 401k um, and I have money saved there. Not tons because I think it, you choose how much you want to donate, but I donate more than a little bit. <laughs> I guess, you know, you have like a percentage. Yeah, I donate more than like 1% of my income or something. It's pro- I don't know. I don't know if it's three or four. I have no idea. But I, so I, I have a 401k, I have a retirement saving plans in that sense. But on, on my own, I also have a savings account, but I don't consider it a savings account for retirement. I have not thought that far ahead in life. I consider it a savings account in case of emergencies or if I want to take a vacation and I want to travel or have experiences, that's my go-to account. And there's not a ton of money in there either, but it exists. And I've had that savings account since I was 18. I opened it at the same time that I opened my checkings account when I was 18. Sometimes there's been more money in there. Sometimes there's been way less money in there. So I, yeah, I, I have thought about saving for retirement because it's been brought up and because I've been in other places where I've learned that there were people much, much older than I was. I think I was in my early 20s at the time, but they were they were in their maybe 50s or even later that they had never opened up a 401k. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that means that they didn't have their own account, which they were 
saving money into or, you know, considering it for retirement. But I do remember learning that they did not have anything in their 401k and they were, you know, way, way past, you know, way, way, a different time than I was. But, you know, me in my early 20s and them in their late 50s or 60s. And so it was kind of shocking. And so that definitely made me open up that 401k. But as far as my own account, I don't know. I thought about it. But at the same time, I don't know that I I don't know what life is going to look like at 60 right. or 65 and <laughs> or 70. I, I don't know. And well, yeah, I don't know. Well, one, one of those things saying what life will look like at that is I don't know if you've heard you hear people talk about it, and I know I've heard it plenty of times from from not just from friends, but other people have mentioned that Social Security, by the time that we are in our mid to late sixties, mm-hmm. might not exist. Oh, and so I think I have heard some talk about and that. Now, is I there? I don't know how much truth there is to that. Yeah. I don't know how that system works. So I'm not going to say that. Oh, that's going to be for sure. But just the thought that it might not exist has always kept me in the back of my right. mind like okay at some point we're definitely other than the 401k yeah i definitely going to get serious about this at yeah. some point because i don't want to reach even 45 right and then begin to see the politics of it begin just to see everything that's going on lord willing by that time that's okay this is in fact going to be a reality instead of just we are not sure but and so I want to plan ahead. Right. And the point of a retirement fund or a 401k or so, the point of retiring is, you know, you hit a certain age and you don't have to work anymore. Right. But you have all this money saved up to help you pay the things that you need to pay. So what does that number look like? Like what's an average number that you want to have? I've seen, you know, like I don't have a lot in my 401k right now. It's not that old. Right. Um, but like what would be a good number to have when I'm 60 and I don't want to work at all anymore? And let's say let's say I'm like by myself. Let's say I my <laughs> husband died or he never existed. I don't know. But let's say I'm by myself and I have no help from anyone. Mm. So what what what's a good amount of money to have? Like uh, I feel like a hundred thousand is not. It's probably still like how long is a hundred thousand going to last? I, because if you think about now, one of the reasons mm. that I think we're generations screwed in a sense is that the prices have gone up and everything. Yeah. So rent is not what rent was years ago. But the wages are not going up and they're not matching. And so we are paying more than people before us. We're paying for things and we're not getting paid more. Even though we have a degree or two degrees or experience, the wages just aren't matching the increase in all the other prices. So how much is it going to cost to live when we're, what like in what, 20... 70. No, that's probably, no, I'm going to be way older. <laughs> 2050. Like that's, that's probably, I think I'm going to be like 60 in 2050. Mm-hmm. So how much is it going to cost? How much is rent going to cost? Am I going to like, and that's, that's a, that's a good question. I, I honestly don't know. And it makes me think a lot just because you hear, when I was younger, you would hear things like you want to have at least a hundred grand. Oh yeah. A hundred yeah. grand isn't going to get. Yeah. But, anyone, but anywhere, then again, right? that was or it would, but like, 90s. I want to know how long. Like, how long? What if a hundred grand only lasts for two years then or I, one year? Because a hundred grand, think about like, okay, let's let's think just number. Like, I pay less than a grand for rent right now, but mm-hmm. let's say rent is a grand. Then in a year, you've already got twelve grand that you've lost, well, and that's also, just rent. It also depends on your pension, right? Like how much you're getting from your pension? Because if your pension is giving you a good amount, then yeah. you don't have to necessarily worry about. Your cost of living there, it's kind of everything else that you want to do, whether it's you want to travel, whether it's you want to take 
yeah, yeah, et cetera. You want to buy a boat. You know, mm-hmm. you hear about people when they retire. I'm going to go right. buy a boat and go down Sail to Florida. Sail yeah. yeah, yeah, all let, stuff. Mark or, my words. I do not yeah. want to go to Florida yeah. when I retire. <laughs> I don't want to go to Florida at all. But anyway, um, but you hear these things. And so I think part of it depends on the pension. Mm-hmm. Um, will Social Security be there? Will be that? But I think people, especially people with our generation, maybe they're not thinking about that right now. And I don't think anybody should. I think you should. This is just my opinion. Just go with the assumption that it might not be there. That, yeah. that Social Security might not be there think by the time it's 2015. Think worst case scenario. Yeah. Man, so, I got to get my life in check. <laughs> um, there was another interesting um, article. It was like, I think it was like a combination between Huffington Post and Highline, right? Oh, yes. Like they did like this really cool multimedia. It's very millennial. Like, oh, it's, it's great. You guys it's really it cool. Yeah, you have to see it visually. We'll, so we'll, we'll, put a link. we'll share on yeah. um, on Facebook and Twitter. So make sure you're following us. Yes. Um, but Super interesting. It's just it's a whole experience reading it. One of the things that I thought was interesting is that it said it's all about millennials and, you know, our generation and us being poor or not or whatever. But one of the things it mentions is that we as millennials are 300 percent more in debt than our parents were. 300 percent. Would you agree or disagree? In your in your um, case, I guess, because how do you know of everybody? Right. In my in my case, I guess, yeah, right now I'm in more debt than my mother was because my mother never went to college. Yeah, and same. so that automatically just skyrockets it. So I'm probably a thousand times more in debt <laughs> yeah. than, I, than, than she was. And, and, you know, we grew up with not much very money. Mm-hmm. So, but she never made any big loans, things like that. I think the highest, and she doesn't mind uh, any, any time talking about the past, like I think the highest loan that she ever made was a thousand dollars. And that was for us to move out here from New Jersey. But she ended up paying that back, and that was, yeah, everything else. And, and for me, a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, I've made a thousand dollars like uh, loans several times because of because of school purposes. Yeah, and so, but it also doesn't take much to earn a thousand dollars, right? So right. in this in this day, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know for us. Um, and another thing that I mentioned was that we as millennials are half as likely to own a home as um, adults did in 1975. Your, and your mother never owned a home, right? My mom never owned a home. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if I want to own a home. Is that more of just because of the debt purpose or is that you just don't have an interest in it? I Right now, me at 27, and I, I'm not common, <laughs> I guess, um, I just don't. I don't understand the point yet. I know people have explained it to me and I understand that it may be right for you. Like when I talk to somebody, I'm like, okay, great. That makes sense for you because you want to do this and you want this and whatever. It does not make sense for me in this moment. I'm 27 years old. I don't plan on having any children. I don't know where I want to be, like where I'd want to own a home. I don't think that I'd want to stay in one place for ever. I don't know. I, I just haven't made that decision. So I'm not ready to make that commitment. Um, And I know that sometimes people buy homes and then if they move or if they want a different home, buy a different home, whatever, they rent it out. So I know that that's a possibility. I'm just not interested in that right now. That could change next year. That could change in three years. That could change in two months. I don't know. But I am just not interested in the moment. And this may be naive because I, I know people my age that are that feel the same way I do in that sense, and yet they're still going to buy a home. So I know it probably probably makes sense. But again, we don't know what things are going to look like in a few years. So that's why I, that's, it's a personal decision. It doesn't have to do with the the, the debt. Um, I don't know that. Well, I I guess in a sense, I don't know. I don't know if I completely agree with that one because half is likely to own a home. I think it may be more difficult because homes are so much more expensive anywhere you go. 
And like I said, the wages haven't completely um, matched to the increase in everything else. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about half as likely. I know a ton of people my age and even younger who own homes. And yeah. that was because that was what they wanted to do. And and I know like people I think who— a good half of my friends own—they own their home. Yeah. They own their home and they're fine with it. And right. some have sold their homes here in the Salt Lake area and have bought other homes and they're just trading them. And, yeah, and it's like it's a for, very natural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it did, like I said, and, and there's people even younger than me who, you know, that that's what they've always wanted. They always wanted to own a home. So people have built their home from the ground up mm-hmm. and beautiful homes, you know, great accomplishments. I completely support that. Um, I just, I think it's a personal thing. And it's like such a millennial stereotype that I hate that I fit into. I know people like say that millennials just don't want to own homes because they know nothing. Yeah. I know a lot of things. I just don't want to own one right now. I'm right. not ready for that. No, and I think I've mentioned before it's not uh, earlier this past year, uh, I had early last year, I should say, that I was considering maybe buying a home mm-hmm. just because I felt like it was, I knew I could. I knew it was something that I had considered before in the past. But in the end, it wasn't necessarily because of that. It was more of like, I don't know how long. I don't know if this is a place where I just want to lay groundwork for a while. I think I'm still in that point in my career where I'm still exploring different options. And I just want to see where else I can I continue to, to grow, to mm-hmm. grow as a journalist. And so for me, I continued on and just continue renting. And, and I think a lot of millennials feel... You know, that they just want to, they don't want to be too, too, they don't want to be held down too much. And right. so they feel maybe if they buy a home, like you said, of course there's they can stuff, end up yeah. selling it. Exactly. Or you can rent like, it out yeah, and you can, can you can, yeah. there's obviously. But they'd rather, I guess, not take any action at all. And that doesn't make them lazy. That doesn't make them that. They just don't, they just choose not to do that. And that's fine. But maybe other generations don't understand. Well, yeah, that. it's because, because before our generation, it was the most common, one of, one of the most common things to do as an adult. It's you grow up, you get a, you know, you go to college, you get a degree, you get, you get a job or whatever, and then you buy a home. And it's just the most natural thing to do. And when I say home, I, sh- I should say, I don't mean like a a house per se. Some people buy condos, some people buy townhomes, some people buy t- property, I guess. It's more than anything, it's property. And I understand the investment value, I guess, to some extent. I probably don't understand it as much as I should. But it's, it's, I think we're maybe the first generation where it's a norm to not to have to own a home. Like that doesn't give you status like it would before. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I know what you're trying to say. And and I think, yeah, and I think you're right. I think now we become more, we, we're more accepting about it. Whereas maybe 25 years ago, it'd be like, why not? Or why? Yeah, like you're kinda, how old and you've never even thought about yeah, it? Yeah, like why are you still renting? Like, yeah. you know, and some people are traditionalists. Some people still, they, they say that they talk about those things, but I don't know. I think for me, like you said, you just go, you go by your own beat and, and yeah, and you, whatever you, makes you feel comfortable. I kept reading on this Highline uh, piece. So there's one that says one in five of us uh, millennials living in in poverty. And then based on current trends, many of us won't be able to retire until we're 75. Yeah, I saw that, that too. 75. I, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on the idea of like, not that, you, yeah, retirement is there, but because some people want to but retire later, at, at yeah, 60, some people retire 65, at 65, yeah. Some yeah. people, I've, I've heard of certain cases where people retire at 45, 30. Oh, God bless All those power to you, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know that I want to be in the workforce for another 50 years. I'm not yeah. saying, I like, obviously I love what I do, but yeah, I do also look forward to days where I am just not having to work like I, I don't know maybe I could freelance <laughs> when I'm in my 70s I don't know uh it, it's a little scary about one in five living in poverty hmm that that's 
kind of crazy. I don't know. I want to know how they're defining poverty. That That's what I was going to ask because is it— I'm not saying it's not no- possible. I just want to know what that means. Right, because if poverty is below, let's say— Thirty-five thousand. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, like thirty-two thousand dollars. Well, there's a lot of people that are, you know, that earn less right. than that or around. There. Well, and also, I I know I know like people who live in poverty, um, and that's like a family. That's like a two two incomes, and let's say two kids, and they're living in poverty because the incomes that they're making is still not enough to support their the place that they live, the food, and the, all the other bills. So, right. so if this is when it's when it's saying one in five millennials live in poverty, I want to know this is just one person, one income who is living in poverty, and and what that means, because. Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. And even if, let's say, you're making less than let, let, $30,000, let us just throw that number out there. Let's say you're making less than $30,000 a year. Yeah, maybe you can't afford to live on your own, but you can. Aff- I'm, I'm assuming that you can live, and let's say living at home isn't an option. I'm assuming you can find a, a, a place to live with roommates. And so right. your rent obviously goes down and then... I don't know. I wonder what it's taking, what, what it's, what's causing the, that one in five to live in poverty. Like, is it the, 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 the school, the student loan bills or the student loan payment, I guess, is just so high that it takes over everything. Because even then, can't you negotiate that with the, like your financial institution? Whoever's charging you the money for the student loan, can't you, can't you say, I can't afford to pay you $3,000 a month yeah. for my loans. I can only afford to give you $200 yeah. or something. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I, I know. I'm just questioning it. The questions, I should say. That that's that's a good point because I feel like maybe maybe I'm just putting it out there. Is it that maybe a lot of millennials are putting their money towards that uh, student loan? And okay, I'm willing to sacrifice eating whatever avocado those, toast, uh, avocado toast, or you know those one buck meals that are yeah. just for the frozen food ones because I have a thirty thousand dollar loan, but I want to pay. Three hundred dollars a month, or whatever. right? Oh yeah, like there's maybe, people who maybe have, they're, maybe that's what but that's doing. not living in poverty by that's like that's by choice. That's saying right. I'm going to put everything I can. And maybe that's what the statistics were trying to say. Maybe I, I don't, don't know. know. That's it. Oh, speaking of that, though, really quick, um, somebody like one of my f- friends on Facebook, uh, somebody that I went to grad school with, shared a post that oh just made my day. Okay. It's a beautiful. It was, yeah, it's a post about a couple. I don't know if he knows them personally or if he also shared it because I think the post is going viral. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's a couple. And behind them, you know those big balloon numbers when people are like, oh, happy 25th birthday. Yeah, so it's like a big those. two and yeah. a five. Okay, so they had uh, the, the balloons behind them and it was a, a yeah a husband and wife, I think. And the number behind them was 162K, so $162,000. And they were celebrating that they together paid off their debt, their combined debt of $162,000. Now, right, that deserves all the rounds of applause. And I want to be just like you one day. That's not how much I'm in debt, by the way. (laughs) But but I don't know, like at the rate that we're going. um, No, but sometimes it might feel like that. Yeah, yeah, it does. And it feels like you're like, like, it feels like you're never going to get out. And they, um, they, they had to have been in their late 20s early 30s mm-hmm. maybe even mid 20s i don't know but they they and then in the post that's being i think the post went viral because i saw it in other places i'm going to share it with you later but mm-hmm. the they had said that they they you know they they did their they paid this off together it was the combined debt of both of their car bill car loans um and student loan debt and they said that like they, they gave tips about how they did it and they said basically for i think it was three years i don't know it was a, a, a good amount of time but basically they 
They budgeted very, very wisely, and they decided that everything that they had that wasn't necessity, like you obviously you pay rent or your mortgage or whatever, you you eat food and mm-hmm. you pay the bills that you need to pay, and then everything else they were just tackling their loans as hard wow. as they could, and they had to turn down. Obviously, they couldn't go on vacation. They were turning down invitations to go out to dinner with friends and doing friend friend family activities because they all of their money was going towards these. This this debt, this massive debt, wow. and they did it. They paid it off, and it's just oh, I just that gives us hope, and that yeah. should give you out there who's listening hope too. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you is like this: all of this report, especially this highlight uh, mm-hmm. reports, it makes somebody can read this and they can feel pretty down. They could feel like there is no hope for not just the future that he or she is in right now, but some millennials with children. I know I've spoken to some of my friends who have young children, have three-year-olds, who have four-year-olds. They've said before that they're already starting to – they're uh, oh, like earning money for, uh, or, for their college. college fund? Yeah, because – Who knows they, what that's going to cost then. Exactly. Yeah. And, they're, and they're concerned that how much is going to be when their daughter is 18, how much mm-hmm. is that going to be? Do you ever think that at some point we will reach some sort of ceiling when it comes to – like you said, since the pay is not going up? But mm-hmm. everything else, the rent is going up. Is just that is that just trend is going to continue, or are we going to reach a point at the like economically that we're going to realize okay something needs to change right now because everything that we're doing, whether it's constructing new buildings and homes like that, the people that want to live here can't afford to live here. So now, I guess that's maybe wishful yeah. thinking that there will be some sort of downward that touching back it just down. Kinda goes back yeah, down. it kind of goes back, but. Sometimes it feels like it's not. Yeah, like I don't know. I mean, I hope, I hope, I think it comes from us though. Like, yes, minimum wage has gone up than it was when we were younger. That that has gone up, but it doesn't reflect all the other salaries. And I think that's what frustrates certain people that minimum wage goes up. Doesn't that mean all the other wages should go up too? So it would, you know, we're all right. kind of getting there because it doesn't make sense that someone, I don't know, I, I, I've heard before and I can sometimes agree, sometimes disagree that it doesn't make sense that someone who, you know, is earning minimum wage doesn't make that much less than someone who has a bachelor's degree and so much debt or something like that. So, so yes, I think those other wages should in some way reflect the increase of minimum wage in some states. Um, but the thing is, the prices of homes go has gone up. The prices of everything else has gone up. And we complain about it, yet we'll find a way and we'll pay for it. Right. So the the man or whoever is in charge is saying, no, they can make it work, right? Like, isn't – so as long as, as long as there's a demand, which there's a demand, and there's people supplying the demand, and then there's people meeting the demand. Like, I, I, I hope that, no, that at some point we're like, all right, well, remember when this was so high and now it's back to this and we're all just, you know, in a better place. But I don't know. I think that as long as we're finding a way and, and getting loans, because that's just it. Some people – can't afford to pay for certain things just in cash because of the money that they make or because of the other the other places that their money is going to. So then they get a loan and then they're in debt. And then, I mean, we're, we're living in a society where it's really easy to get a credit card. Yeah. It's really easy to be in debt. It's really easy to yeah, to don't. have experiences and have things, mm-hmm. but have debt. And it's, it's not, that's not the only option. I know a lot of hardworking people that have earned and paid for everything in cash mm-hmm. because, you know, they refuse to be in debt and or they've paid off their debt. And I admire that. But no, I mean, it's the world that we live in and it's the country that we live mm-hmm. in, I should say. And it's the society that we're, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like personally, sometimes I feel a little discouraged. There are moments where I feel discouraged because one day, it doesn't, it's not tomorrow or next week or even next, next year, but 
at some point I would like to own some sort of piece of property, mm-hmm. a home or something. And part of it is just because I want something that I can claim that's my own, but also uh, my mother never owned a home. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's like I kind of, that was always her dream is to own a home here mm-hmm. and here in America, but it never happened. And so for me, I kind of, there's a part of me that wants to kind of fulfill that because that's that's that was always my mother's dream as well and have that. But with the way things are going, I I know I could, but you said like you said it was it would take a little bit of like just being a little bit of debt or whatnot. But just the attitude has now changed. Like I don't know if I necessarily want to anymore, just because of yeah, just because everything now the everything increases. And then if I buy a home, and then let's say you know I have children, I need to start saving up some money for there uh, for their college as well. And so I'll be paying for a home and trying to save as much as I can for that. I just think about that being kind of stretched too thin. Do you get and overwhelmed? That, yeah. And so yeah. so one of them has to give. And for me, it would be easily, of course, I would give up the home in a second. Because yeah. it's for and the that's, I think that's a reason why some people invest in property like that. One, they can leave it to mm-hmm. their children or their family or anyone um, at some point. Um, and also because you, like, there's an emotional attachment and also because it gives you leverage over certain things. If you need to at one point sell your home to give your children an education or something, you have the option to do that. Um, I think it's just, I I understand that when people are investing in for those reasons. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's different for everybody. And yeah. so one thing we know for sure is that home prices are probably going to keep going up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Depending uh, on where you are. Oh, yeah. Because it feels like, I don't know, but for me, it feels like California is not, is not, not an option necessarily oh, yeah. to an extent. Only, I mean, I guess you could still rent, but even the rent... Is, oh, yeah. is ridiculous there. Unless yeah. you want to live way, way outside of. See, that's the thing with me. I want to be like close to everything and I can only afford to rent somewhere. <laughs> like I can only afford to rent to be close to everything. I can't afford at this moment in my life, I guess I can't afford to buy property close to everything because obviously the closer you are to everything, the higher the costs are. And I'm not there in my life yet. Right. I don't know that I ever will be. So yeah, I, I will rent in that case. And something interesting that I read the other day or that I, I heard, um, KSL News radio hosts Debbie DeGenovic and Dave Noriega, they were talking about why you should keep renting. And they were Ooh. saying that in some cases, renting can actually be cheaper than buying a home. I think people have – there's there's this See, thought – yes, there's this thought that <laughs> if you – Star Wars theme. <laughs> <laughs> there's this thought that if you buy a home, it's actually saving money because you're – in some cases, you may be paying less because your mortgage may go lower and because you're investing for your future, I right. guess you should say. But they were talking about how you can actually – um, rent and save money because when you when you buy you also have other costs maybe you have HOA fees or you have just Absolutely. like other fees that need to go into the home that you don't, not as a renter you don't have to worry about mm-hmm. so they were saying that it is possible but you have to have a lot of discipline because you have to like let's say you were renting a certain amount you have to invest everything else you have into your future so you have to put that into your retirement account so it's possible but you have to have the discipline to do that right. because I think a lot of us think oh well, I have extra money because you know I'm not right. paying this let me go do this let me go buy this let oh, me uh, things I, I don't so need and right so now. right well, yeah <laughs> don't feel bad it's you're not you're not alone I promise uh, all right but yeah so so there's that and there's also the argument that for the emotional benefit of owning your home so mm. you know people that's why because it's it's an emotional thing, but that emotion doesn't make you rich. Mm. So maybe it makes you rich in some senses. I don't know. Well, I just thought that was super interesting. Now, now that we're talking about like earning, uh, like saving money and when living in like a city or whatnot, I want to ask you that because you lived in Chicago. Yeah. You were going to grad school. See, when I went to grad school, I was actually still living at home. Oh, yeah. It was just after that. Then I then I, I was out. But yeah. 
you went, you were in a big city. You were in a major yeah. city. Uh, you were going to grad school. And you had a roommate, is that correct? Yes, I had roommates at the time, so I was paying rent. I guess this is more like now advice time here. What, how did you go about <laughs> like saving money? Because, I mean, obviously um, renting or living in a bigger city is... Yeah, everything's I mean, We expensive. can't compare, you know, obviously Salt Lake City compared to Chicago or Ogden or Provo compared to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So I take it some expenses were a little bit more than you would see here. So how did you... Yeah. Well, first, say? when I okay, so when I moved over there, I got a job immediately. Like before, I moved over there, I got a job, and I was working. I got, I got a job at the school, so I was uh, working in the learning studio as a writing tutor. Okay. So that was my, and I could only do it part time because that's all they offered, and that's all really all the time I had. So I was working twenty hours every week, and I was using that money to pay my room. Now I'll tell you that the first room I lived in was it cost me $390 a month 390 and I'll tell you also my, my close friends remember this it was not much of a bedroom it was a closet mm. literally it was a, like oh. I had I slept on a on a sleeping bag every day because oh, it was wow. that small um and that it cost me 390 and then I lived there for a few months, and then I moved somewhere else where I paid three seventy five for an actual bedroom where I could fit an actual bed and dresser in there. So three seventy five um, with and I don't I can't tell you how much I'm like I can't remember how much I made, um, but I, I worked twenty hours a week, and I think I made like uh, thirteen. Thirteen, thirteen fifty, I think. I, it was less than fourteen dollars for sure. That's how much I made. So I don't know. Do the math. Twenty dollars a week, twenty hours a week, and so the money that I could, it would go towards rent. And I mean, I I ate, I ate. You know, I did go out and eat with friends sometimes. Sometimes I didn't. I also, yeah, I took loans out because I had one. I had to take loans out for the tuition, which was through the roof. I'll mm-hmm. tell you that. Um, and so some some of it, like they give you that amount, and so some of the amount pays for everything that it needs to pay for tuition and like. Like other expenses, and then maybe there's a little bit left over, and so yeah, I also kind of dipped into those funds mm-hmm. to you know pay for things that probably weren't necessary and um, pay for food. I I did have some times where I was eating a cup of like cup of noodle. No, um, it was I I wouldn't consider that poverty though. I wasn't living in poverty. I was just living in those means. I, I'll tell you that before I moved over there, I was. A big shopper like I was just because I was living at home by then and I was you know paying a little bit at home but not really I didn't actually have to pay rent mm-hmm. and I didn't own like I, I didn't lease a car at the time or I didn't you know like I, my car was paid off it was like a little you know carcacha. Mm-hmm. so it didn't <laughs> it like you know so I wasn't paying that I was just right. paying gas and my phone and and a couple other things but nothing really so a lot of my money was being spent frivolously I was just Oh, and I, I worked two jobs at one point because one, one of them was in retail, but it was also for the discount. Mm. So I was just spending oh. money frivolously. Like I right. was buying stuff that I did not need. My mom would always advise me not to. I obviously did not listen. When I moved to Chicago and my, my like it, things changed completely, like my income, my living situation, everything, I can tell you that I was not shopping frivolously anymore. Right. There were a couple times where I did splurge and I treated myself to like a new pair of something. But thankfully, I had so much stuff from before when I was spending frivolously that I didn't actually need to and I, it finally hit me I don't need this much stuff and right. I don't need to be spending money like this so yeah it was hard it was hard but it was doable yeah. it was doable because I think man my mom's taught me this a lot you learn to live within your means you have to you 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 have to budget you have to look at this is how much I'm making this is what I need to spend money on and this is all stuff I don't need to spend money on so it makes you kind of get to the point where you're like do I really need this no I don't do I really want to pay for this no I don't because that you're just kind of faced with that um I was not in a place at that time to have any savings 
In fact, I probably dipped into the savings that I did have and that was it. Um, and then later on, obviously, I was able to get in. When I graduated, I got a full-time job that came with benefits, yeah. thankfully. And things change a little bit more, but still you learn to live within your means. And that's it's it's hard. But also as journalists, like we kind of we're kind of in the business where we don't we're not we don't make as much as doctors or lawyers or PR people. Right. We just know that we don't we, we, we make money to live, some of us, um, but we don't make all that extra money. So Yeah. No, and, and you you lived that freelance life for a while, so you know. Yeah, no, it is so and it, and I'm just gonna echo what what you said because depending on which freelance job or depending how it works, just I'll just give you kind of a quick how it works. Sometimes you get paid up front when it comes to a freelance job. You get your job, you sign your contract, and then you get paid up front. And that jo- that money is supposed to last you six months, for example. Six months, you get this amount. So one of the first things that I began learned, what I learned to do when I would get paid up front for a job that I was going to do is I immediately paid my rent for those six months. That's that just is no, a very smart that's, that's just the first thing automatically because I need a roof over my head. And so right. automatically, boom, rent is paid. It would lead to some awkward but funny conversations to your landlord <laughs> to be like, uh, can I just pay you six months up front just here? And they were cool with it. I never got nobody that said no. Yeah. And so that was it. Just make sure you get a receipt. Uh, oh. And then after that, uh, I went with the car because I did need my car. Uh, once those two things were done, uh, I already had kind of a payment plan with my student loans. Uh, that kind of changed over time, but like you said, I wasn't. Uh, I'm I'm a sneakerhead, and you know that. But yeah. it was at that time I was never buying any anything. I yeah, you couldn't, right? No, I only would buy shoes just maybe at most twice a year. So one of them had to last six months. If I and some of them, I would just kept wearing the same things. You just clean them up. You know, you invest a lot in just cleaning your shoes with a toothbrush, making them look nice or, yeah. or whatnot, and clothes the same things. Just a lot of the same similar things. And but I was fine with that. Yeah. I was okay with that, even though there was. A little bit. I wouldn't say peer pressure, but I had some of my friends ask me, like, you have your master's degree and you're kind of – they were very blunt with me. They were like, yeah. you're kind of struggling here. You're kind of just yeah. like getting by. I think by. people assume that because you have like a, a degree, even a, yeah. like master's, bachelor's, because we have degrees, like we – we're supposed Should to be, be living making... like kings and queens. Yeah, oh, I wish. Yeah, and, and that wasn't the case. And I would always be – you know, I would always just – I didn't. I knew they didn't mean it in – a in a bad way, at least that's why I assumed back then. And so no, I they probably say, really want to know. Yeah, I said this is what I've chosen. Like I've mm-hmm. chosen to go down this road. Mm-hmm. I want to go into journalism, even though I didn't go get a degree in journalism. But I'm going to find my way to get in there somehow. Mm-hmm. And if it's through soccer, which ended up being if it's yeah. through soccer, then I'm going to use through soccer. Obviously, over time, I was able to get to get through the door. And when I moved out here to Salt Lake, <laughs> I don't mind opening up about this now, I was able to find a place that rent-wise was pretty good, uh-huh. uh, that I didn't have to worry about any utilities. Yeah. It was it was a good spot. Yeah. Recently, uh, the place where I was living at, the yeah. landlord, she is going to sell the home and uh-huh. she's going to move. So I had to move. So I recently moved. Uh, to. It's closer to work here, which is a lot of fun. It's closer here to a lot of friends, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people I want to hang out with. Uh, but... The rent is a little bit more, yeah. and now I have to pay utilities. So now I'm like I'm coming back to reality, right? Whereas I didn't have to worry about any yeah. of that. I had a nice fixed amount, and I was able to have extra money to put not only in the savings, but I also had a little bit extra money to go if I wanted to buy, you know, whatever I wanted to. Now not not so much. Now I have to be a little bit more sharper when it comes to that because now I do have to everything from. 
even having mon- money for the laundry and obviously mm-hmm. paying the rest of the bills and the rent is a little higher but even at 34 you begin to you're relearning again so yeah. it's 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 just it's part of it and and I don't mind it uh-huh. I don't mind it. I find it actually pretty exciting because and I think I mentioned it to you the week before uh, a week ago uh that I'm learning how to live that humilde life which right. is not a bad thing I'm not trying no. to make it as a joke it's just different because it used to be that oh okay I have enough money that I can if I wanted to eat out every night I could necessarily yeah. not that I'm making millions but I was saving so much yeah. on my rent and not paying any utilities and not paying any internet that I had wow. enough for that but now I don't now I got to pay yeah, all my utilities. It. Let me ask you anything. something um, because this happened to me growing up like something like grocery shopping like going grocery shopping with your mom let's say because like I experienced this yeah. and then let's say there was like a box of cereal I don't know this is just an example a box of cereal um, not the generic brand like actual frosted flakes or fruit Ooh. loops or whatever and they cost like three ninety nine. Right. and that's like four dollars that's four dollars yeah. <laughs> and like hearing your mom because I heard my mom say this oh my like that's that's way too much four dollars uh uh no leave that Um, and I'm thinking because when I was a kid I'm like four dollars or even when I was a teenager living at home not paying rent you know, four dollars. I'm thinking four dollars is not a lot because I had, you know, I had a job back then, and four dollars was nothing. And I, you know, like so. Okay, then you buy your cereal. Right. So and then now, so that was the thing back then. Four dollars was nothing. Okay, mm. mom, mom was exaggerating. And now being out on your own shopping and thinking four dollars, uh, uh-uh, uh, that cereal can stay right there, or it's cheaper somewhere else. Like uh, yeah, like because I go through that now, and I'm there with you. Because- and I'm not cheap. <laughs> I am just trying to be smart with my money. <laughs> no, I laugh because. Uh, I went shopping yesterday. Uh, I had a little bit of time yesterday. So I went and I, I went shopping and I ended up getting a few things that were not the brand ones because, mm-hmm. well, A, I don't really need it. doesn't have to yeah. be the brand one unless it's something like certain things. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So, but other than that, like, I'm going to just get the basic kind of oatmeal. Like, which I ended up getting. I didn't get the Quaker one. Yeah. Even the Quaker Let me one tell is you good. something. It'll taste the same at some yeah. point. Yeah, for yeah. me, no. I got the great value kind Yeah, whatnot. And I, I think I mentioned to, to you last week or a few days ago. So I need to get new contacts. Uh-huh. And I had to now make an appointment because it's been two years yeah. to get. Uh, so that's an extra 50 bucks. Yeah. And it kind of ticked me off <laughs> because yeah. I'm like, that's an extra 50 bucks on top of the 60 bucks of the actual contact. Well, that's 110 bucks mm-hmm. that I got to spend now on a month that's been a little bit tough on my budget but you know what no, I see i'm gonna be sometimes. like that now yeah like yeah it's uh, it's yeah. uh it's <laughs> but, <laughs> i don't but, even know what it is but we learn like you said like you had mentioned we, you learn to adapt you learn to realize that how you know you you live within your means and yes when you do have those moments when you can go on vacation even if it's just a small vacation to let's say i guess here would be what the closest maybe las vegas los angeles mm-hmm. you know that's that's okay i think a lot of times we get to well, I shouldn't say we some some people maybe get too caught up on what they see whether it's on social media whether it's on tv if it's a vacation it's got to be this big glamorous thing or it's got to be this like no like you if you can't afford it don't even think you know you should yeah. probably not consider doing that if you can't afford going on that trip to paris as great as that trip to paris would be maybe you should reconsider if it's going to you know knock you down two thousand dollars in yeah. debt or something and and it's tough for you to to pay that back yeah and I think that's where a lot of people have slipped up is where they feel like, well, no, I, I've, I deserve it. I earned it, you know. So I'm going to get into, I'm going to purchase this vehicle, even though it is three seventy five a month, and I really can't pay it necessarily. Yeah. But I'll find a way. Be care- very careful when, because I hear that a lot of times, like, oh, I'm just going to find a way. For the most part, I think, yeah, a lot of millennials do, 
But some just say that and then they realize I'm in debt or I need to go ask mom or I need to go ask dad. And I don't, and that's okay. Sometimes those circumstances happen and we do have to reach out, but it can't be an everyday thing. I mean, that's... Well, I think to each is... Also, I don't think being in debt is the worst thing in the world. I mean, being in debt could also... It could mean any anything from being $162,000 in debt or $1,000 in debt because you got a credit card and you bought some... You know, you took a vacation and you it cost you $1,000. You put it on your card and mm-hmm. that's that. You know, it, it, I think it's, it's, it's all on how, one, how people handle their money and everybody handles it differently, but also how you handle it after you're in debt. So let's mm-hmm. say you did, you, you got that credit card, $1,000, you know, you could pay it off in three years and end up paying more than a thousand dollars or you could tackle it in two months and pay it off and then bam mm-hmm. you're not a debt anymore I, I think it depends and i'm no expert trust me i am no expert in money um although i do recommend um what was that that i read one a uh, financial piece that a friend of mine recommended to me a while back it was an amazing book by dave ramsey it's uh life-changing i can't tell you that it changed my life i mean it changed my life in the sense that i learned a lot i have not applied all of those principles to my life but it is it's amazing it's it's a it's a and he talks about it. Him and his wife. Um, I, I think I got re- financial peace revisited, and that one I think the wife adds to every chapter. Um, but they talk about it. You can live this amazing life that you think is amazing because you're paying, you're putting, you're you're paying for things, or you're not paying for things, but you're experiencing all this stuff and you're like owning all this stuff. Or you can live a más humilde life and not have as much stuff, but it's, you're still happy. I don't know. It's, it's all up to anyone. I don't know that it's such a, like, that's just in that sense, like being in debt, I don't think it's just a millennial thing because, no. uh, yeah, he, Dave Ramsey's definitely not a millennial. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a society thing because credit cards have been around for a long time and people have offered people. And, and just remember things. also check your credit, make it a regular thing. I think that's something that millennials are being reminded of. We see some commercials quite a bit for some of these companies or whatnot, but yeah, that 10000 dollar debt in your credit card even though yeah you can pay it off and you can set plans with it it's still going to affect your credit it's still a a dent in your credit because it still shows up how much you do owe that one even if it's still open even if that credit card is open it still shows that so just keep an eye on that also as well because that's something that i think we at least some millennials who maybe weren't taught about the importance of how your credit credit. yeah your credit rating your credit number works people tend to forget that and how easily they can go down the hole of being in having a bad uh, credit number and if you do want to buy a home which is what a lot of people do want eventually yeah your credit's got to be intact Mm -hmm. um or your spouse's credit whatever whoever has got to be intact because yeah that's that's uh it's a very important okay Okay. bottom line shoal yes our generation, millennials, do you think, and you can bring up other examples if you want, but do you think we are, quote unquote, generation screwed? No, I don't think we're, I don't think we're screwed. I don't, I think our circumstances are, are they tougher than other generations? Yes. I mean, that's a pretty obvious answer. Is it going to get better? I don't know. And that's not the answer that maybe people are looking to hear. But what, kind of what we talked about earlier, I think we are a generation that knows how to adapt the quickest when it comes to our environment, um, our income, everything that has gone, has that, the challenges that we've faced as millennials and that we'll continue to face. Uh, I think we've been able to, we've been able to, to pull through and we've seen, we, we've stayed for the most part, I think, positive. I think there are a good amount of millennials that are very optimistic about their future. It's just a different kind of future. It's just not the traditional, almost of what you said earlier, the the house and, you know, all this. And maybe for some, it's not kids for some, it's maybe it's a little bit more nomadic than, than, than previous generations as far as 
their living uh, situation. But no, I, I, I don't think we're screwed. I think the, the one thing that I, I guess, worry about more than others, the, more, the thing that I worry about is the idea of how uh, student loans and that is continuing to skyrocket. That's the one thing that worries me a little bit more because for a 17-year-old and an 18-year-old, it can be very discouraging. And I've seen it with, with students before. I've had personal experience where you don't want to go anywhere because of that. There is a sense of fear in it. So that's the, that's the one thing. As far as everything else with rent and with making their money work and living living among their means, I think it's I think I think we're fine. I think we're going to be fine. I think we're we're smart enough. We've learned how to how to do this already, and we'll continue on. Well, that's it for us today, Yvette. Thank you for the lovely conversation, as always. And make sure to follow us on social media. We're at KSL Cafecito. I'm at Shuel Carinas. And I'm at Evie Cruz. And remember to tell your friends to download and listen to us on, oh, now i got to go through the list. So let's KSL see. News Radio. KSL News Radio. Apple Podcasts. We got Stitcher. Stitcher. We got uh, Radio Tune Public. In, yeah, Radio Public. We got TuneIn Radio. We got Auto Radio. I finally remembered their name. <laughs> <laughs> so Auto Radio. Shout out to you guys. And um, yeah, and just tell your friends about it. Give us a follow on our social media. And uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you.